Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. We are weak, but he is strong. Hi, I'm Kevin Biltman, your host and recovering burnout pastor who's here to share with you sermons and songs from friends of mine that I hope will be a blessing to you. Today's message is from Matt Wallace preaching to us from Florida. And at the end of this podcast, you'll hear a special song that ties in with today's message. Sometimes our ending song will be professionally recorded by professional writers, but today's song is written and sung by an eighth grader. She and I wrote this song together last year, so be sure and listen all the way to the end of today's podcast. And I'm including this song because it fits in so well with our message about the Good Shepherd. So for now, let's listen to Pastor Matt. Heavenly Father, we thank you that indeed you did send your son Jesus to pay our debt, Lord, to pay that debt of sin. And Father, through that, just as Jesus was raised to a new life, so we too are raised to a new life. So Father, continue to be with us as we live out that new life as your people. Lord, encourage us and strengthen us uh, to be your people in the world, loving and sharing your love those around us. And Lord, this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, our scripture reading for this morning, uh, we're going old school, or Old Testament, anyway. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 through 24. Uh, Ezekiel 34, 11 through 24. Here's what it says. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search out for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture, and to drink of clear water, that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet, and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push with side and shoulder, and thrust at all the weak with your horns, till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between the sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. 
This is the word of the Lord. All right, our opening question for this morning is this. If you had one wish and could be anything you wanted to be, and that can be something kind of uh, uh, non-specific, like I just want to be rich or I want to be famous, right? Or it could be something very specific, like I wish I was an athlete or an astronaut or something like that, right? If you had one wish and could be anything you wanted to be, what would you want to be? If you had one wish and could be anything you wanted to be, what would you want to be? You can jump on the stream if you're uh, uh, the live chat, if you're streaming at home, uh, or you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. Pastor Chris, our online pastor today, will get your answer and uh, feed it back to me um, while we are waiting. Um, I saw something interesting recently uh, that I, to me, it, it kind of resonated with a little bit what I think this passage is kind of talking about. Um, so I saw this meme, and it had, a, it had a, like some kind of Facebook or Twitter post uh, by uh, something called Writer's Prompt. And I assume that it's, a, it's, it's a, like a, a feed or, or Twitter user that throws out things to get your mind thinking, right? So especially if you're a writer, right, it prompts you to think about certain things that maybe you can then write about. Gets your creative juices flowing. And their question that was in this meme that they posed was this. They said, in a game with no consequences, so I don't know if they're thinking like video game or role-playing game or whatever, but in a game with no consequences for your actions, why would you still choose to be good? In a game with no consequences, why would you still choose to be good? It actually is, I think, an interesting question and something we're going to end up talking about today. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of an argument that I have often heard atheists make against Christianity, or really any kind of faith, I suppose, uh, where they have said that Christians can't really be good. The argument goes like this, because when a Christian does something good, they're simply doing it for one of two reasons. They're either doing it to avoid a punishment... Like God will send you to hell if you sin, if you don't do what's right, if you don't do what's good. Or they're doing it to earn a reward. You want to get into heaven so you do good things so that you can get into heaven. And the rest of the argument goes that like for an atheist, that's different. They can truly be good because they're not doing it based on any kind of reward or punishment. They're simply doing it because they want to. So the argument is kind of Christians can't really be good they're only being good because they're forced to, but atheists can. Now, there's some holes in that argument, uh, but it is kind of thought-provoking, and it did remind me of this same question being asked in a game with no consequences, why would you choose to be good? Well, in this meme that I saw, uh, they included, along with that initial question, a couple of the highest-rated responses that people had given. And one of them was this, and I liked this. Uh, the person responding said that they would still be good because, and I quote, my no-consequence power fantasy is to be able to help everyone. Right? Their no-consequence no uh, power fantasy is simply to be able to help people. And that's why they would still be good even if there were no consequences for not being good. And I thought to myself, man, wouldn't the world be a better place if everyone thought that way? 
and used their power, what little of it we may have, uh, for good. And I also thought to myself, this actually is the answer a Christian would and should give. Because this is ultimately why we do good, not because we fear punishment, which the consequences for have been removed by Jesus Christ, but because we have been made into a people that want to help, that want to feed the hungry and clothe the poor. Pastor Chris, did we get some answers? What do people want to be out there? Yes, we had a few answers, and here is one that I thought was great. I asked the, we asked the question, if you could have one wish and be anything that you wanted to be, Carolyn Pepper said her dog. So <laughs> that must have it pretty well, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten, uh, Kristen said uh, she wanted to be a Disney princess. We have someone who wanted to be the manager of the New York Mets. Oh, there you uh, go. John Grunkley said he wants to be a cyclist in the tourist, uh, Tour de France. Uh, I appreciate this answer. I don't know who said this, but he said, uh, he or she said, somehow, um, I wish that I had missed watching Iowa UCF and UF lose yesterday. I agree. A hundred percent. Was that you, I, Chris? That was not me, but that? I appreciate that answer. Um, somebody put pizza chef. I think there's still a chance for that. Yeah, you, know? you could like, probably. I don't, think the, I, bet, I don't think the door has closed. I bet Domino's is hiring right now. Yeah. Somebody cheated and said genie so I can get three more wishes. That's wiped out. <laughs> and Sarah said, if I could be anything, I'd like to be a writer. Um, some really good answers. Yeah. You know, Matt, when you were in elementary school and they asked you, what do you want to be? What did you say you wanted to be? I, you know, so I don't really remember what I thought as a kid, like yeah. what I wanted to be. Yeah. But I mean, you know, probably when I was older, though, I mean, definitely a rock star. You know? Yeah. That's why I play guitar, Still, right? Still, to this day, you want that, secretly, right? yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. If I could be, uh, my wish would be to be Dave Grohl. That would be <laughs> my wish, yeah. Well, uh, uh, I remember in second grade, everybody wanted to be fire, you know, uh, uh, fighters but, and police officers. Yeah. I clearly, from the time I was in second grade, wanted to be a game show host. And so I feel, yeah. if anybody, I good wrote fit. that down. I yeah. have the jacket for it. If anybody yeah. here has any connections, let me know. Okay? I think you could achieve that I can that do dream. both jobs. Yeah. So God wants something for us as well. Uh, he wants us to have a certain kind of life, and he describes that here a little bit uh, in verses 23 and 24. Here's what he says. He says, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. Uh, this is something that is going to sound cliche, uh, but only because it's true, therefore we keep repeating it over and over again, which is that one of the primary things God wants for you is to have a relationship with you. God wants to have a relationship with us. It goes all the way back to Exodus. Well, it really goes all the way back to Genesis, but he said it in Exodus where he said as he's leading his people out of slavery in Egypt, he tells them what it is he wants, and he says, I will be your God and you will be my people. That is a relationship, and you could make a strong argument that all of Scripture is about God pursuing that kind of relationship with us. And he sends here Jesus to be the shepherd of his sheep. He calls him here his servant David, but that's not because he literally means David, who has already passed at this point. 
But it is because we all know, everyone knew, and he had predicted that the Messiah would be a descendant of David. And so Jesus is that person. Jesus is the Messiah that God sent to restore his people. Jesus is the good shepherd that God sent to save his people. But that begs a question, of course, which is, saved from what? Restored from what? Well, we can answer that question in a lot of different ways, but here in this text, we see two kind of problems taking place. See, there are two types of sheep, and both of them have their own issues. Uh, The first type are lost and weak. They're lost and weak. Uh, Verse 11, he says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep, that what? That have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from places, again, where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. These sheep are lost. They have been scattered, and they cannot help themselves. They cannot save themselves. God has to go after them like a shepherd and bring them back to safety. These sheep are also described as lean, right? As being pushed around. They are weak and they are lost. But there's another type of sheep that we see here in this passage, and these are described opposite. They're described as strong and fat. And that's not body shaming, right? That was uh, back then, if you were fat, that meant you were healthy. It meant you had plenty to eat. It meant you had enough of everything. You had the best of everything. It was synonymous with wealth and success. And so these other sheep are strong and fat. And yet, they use their strength only for themselves. And they end up oppressing others. Here's what it says about them in verse 18. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and drink of clear water that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? These sheep are strong and fat. They can have what they want. And so they take the best of everything, but then they don't even leave what's left over for others. They trample it and muddy it so that not only do they get the best part, but then no one else can have any at all. I have a second question for you today. It's not really a question. It's this. Tell us about the last time you did something kind for someone or helped someone. Tell us about the last time you did something kind for someone or helped someone. Uh, Again, you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. And those of you that came out with me yesterday uh, to help that lady uh, clean up her yard have an easy answer for that one. You can jump right in with that one. Uh, While we're waiting... I used to teach a class at the uh, academy. I taught a a religion class for freshmen. 
And the material that we used there was uh, uh, put out by this outfit called Crossways. If you're old school, you maybe have heard of them. Uh, and uh, the guy, it's a Lutheran guy, his name is Harry Went. Um, and uh, it had some good solid stuff, but there was something in there that I always thought was, I liked it, uh, but it was kind of interesting and unique. He did get to a part where he talked about finances and wealth, and there was another part where he kind of talked about self-care, right? Staying healthy mentally, physically, right? And one of the things he taught in this material we were using was that as Christians, we should strive both for financial stability in our lives, to be able to provide for ourselves and our family, as well as we should strive to be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, right? Healthy and strong. Now, that may sound at first a little bit questionable, right? You guys know that one of the things that I uh, kind of battle against in, in the world is something called prosperity gospel, which is the idea that if you just believe in Jesus uh, and are faithful enough that he will make you healthy, wealthy, and good-looking, you know? And that is not at all what Scripture teaches, right? Um, and so this may at first sound like that, right? That he's saying like, hey, you should strive for wealth, you should strive to be healthy and strong and all of these things, right? But the reason that he said we should strive for that is so that we can be in a good position to help others. If we ourselves are financially stable and strong, then we can help those that are not. If we ourselves are uh, healthy emotionally, physically, then we can help those who are not. Because we all have times, right, there's seasons in life, that we all have times where we're going to be struggling in one of those areas, and that's why we're put together in a body so that we can help one another. I guess you could say it's a little bit like that person's no-consequence power fantasy, Right? That we, uh, when we do strive to be financially stable and to be healthy, we're not doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it so that we can have the power to help others. Pastor Chris, did we, uh, the light's not on. Does that mean we got no way? Oh, okay. Yes. We uh, have a few answers. Let's see. Uh, Heidi said she sent care packages to some friends to encourage them. I think oh, that, is that is great. an awesome idea. And also, Heidi, my address is 178 Washington. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, here's one. I washed my husband's clothes yesterday and folded them. Signed, your wife. Ah, yeah, right yeah. She's right here. She's, she's right here. Uh, <laughs> console, uh, counseled a young man who's having some issues. Uh, John, sticking with the bike theme, helped someone with how to shift a bicycle. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, but those are pretty much it. And then, of course, we had some people that right. went with that you and helped that lady with her yard that was kind of out of control. Yeah, and I know there's people here. I definitely that were there yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, as we think about this, as we think about these things, and especially the two kinds of sheep, I, I think if we're honest, we'd admit that we, we would much rather be the fat, strong sheep. Uh, I mean, no one likes being weak. No one likes feeling helpless. No one likes being lost. We want to be the strong ones. We want to be the successful ones. We want to be the ones that have everything that we need. 
And sometimes God enables us to do that. Sometimes God does bless us with health or with financial stability or even wealth. Sometimes God does. But also sometimes when we experience those things, we become like the sheep in this passage. We can become selfish about it. We can become cruel. We want to gather these things for ourselves, maybe because we know what it is like to be in need. And so when we finally achieve some measure of stability and strength and power in our lives, we want to hold on to it so that we don't ever have to feel helpless and alone again. And so rather than using our position of power and strength to help others, we take for ourselves and leave none for anyone else. But here's the secret behind all of that, is that even when we think, maybe because we have been blessed with a little bit of financial success, or we have been blessed uh, with good health, or we have been blessed with a little power and position in society, we forget that the secret is we're not really strong and fat sheep. That in fact, we are all weak and lost. Scripture says that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we would all be lost, weak, and alone had not the good shepherd first come looking for us. God rescues his sheep and he can judge between them. He says, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. God is the judge, and he knows when we are weak and lost and afraid. And he comes looking for us. Jesus talks about this in his parable of the lost sheep was the gospel lesson we read in the traditional service today, where Jesus leaves the 99 and seeks after the one that is lost, and then says there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 righteous ones. And of course, what Jesus didn't tell them, but we know, is that those 99 righteous ones themselves only thought they were. It was a self-righteousness that led them to believe they did not need to repent. Let me tell you something. No one likes to think of themselves as lost and weak. But it's better to be weak and his than strong and not his. It is better to be lost and searched after by the good shepherd than it is to be strong and fat and think you don't need him. We do need him. And when he comes after us, he feeds us and he strengthens us. We become not the strong sheep of this story, but we become people that realize where our strength actually comes from. 
that it comes from him. And we rely on him. And we use what little strength we do have, not for ourselves, not to take and take and take, but to give, to help others, to feed and to clothe and to heal and to lift up. As Christians, we have had the consequences of sin taken on by Jesus so that we don't have to bear them. And when that happens, our no-consequence power fantasy becomes a desire to help others. And in his name, amen. Well, to go along with the message we just heard, today's song is written and sung by Alyssa Conrad. She and I wrote this together last year when she was in eighth grade. Here are some of the words that are also found in the show notes. The first verse talks about sheep and how sheep get lost and often wander into land where there is danger, often stumble into trouble. On their own, they may struggle. But then a shepherd leads them to food and to water. Jesus helps them to be so much stronger. Though they wander off to the desert, they will always have their good shepherd. Then verse 2 makes the application to us and makes a few shifts in the chorus as well. It says, we get lost and often wander into land where there is danger, often stumble into trouble. On our own, we may struggle. But our good shepherd leads us to food and water. Jesus helps us to be so much stronger. Though we wander off to the desert, we will always have our good shepherd. We need someone who's near us, someone who calls us, someone who guides us and always fights for us. We need someone who watches, someone who leads us, someone who loves us and will give his life for us. Because we know Jesus is near us, he calls us, he guides us, and he always fights for us. We know Jesus, he watches, he leads us, he loves us. Jesus gives and gave his life for us. Anyway, I'm so glad you joined us today. God bless you as you spend each one of your weekdays with Jesus.
someone who calls us, someone who guides us and always fights for us. We need someone who watches, someone.